Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read anytime you want. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at a film that is out in theaters called Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course, based on the video game franchise, it also diversified into TV shows, comics, you know, you name it. They've probably done something with Sonic on it over the last 29 years or so. This is a PG-rated film. It does have action, some violence, rude humor, and brief, mild language. The runtime is an hour and 39 minutes. James Marsden is the main star, Jim Carrey in a sizable supporting role. Ben Schwartz provides the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog and Tika Sumter, Lee Majdub, Adam Pally, Natasha Rothwell, Neil McDonough, and Melody Neiman are in the film. Jeff Fowler is the director and the screenplay credited to Patrick Casey and Josh Miller. Now, Sonic the Hedgehog, if you have played video games anywhere in the last three decades, you know it's based on the popular video game that was created by Sega, largely seen as an effort to try to give to their console, which was the Sega Genesis at the time, and their future portable systems, some sort of mascot and uh, basically a flagship platform game to compete with the likes of Mario for the Nintendo. They had one before that they were trying to make competitive to Mario called Alex Kidd. That didn't quite take hold, probably because it was very much in the same vein. But they created Sonic to try to make it seem like the Sega Genesis was definitely something that could give you fast-moving action. And somehow it had real horsepower compared to the Nintendo system at the time. That was back in 1991. But since then, there have been many Sonic the Hedgehog games that have come out. It's become a billion-dollar property for Sega. It ended up selling... To date, over 360 million units of its game on a whole variety of platforms, and that's worldwide, not just in the United States. Now, in the game, Sonic is this blue-furred hedgehog. He can run, he can jump, but especially he bursts into these insanely fast sprints, and he goes through loop-de-loops and collects rings and takes down his evil enemy, Dr. Evo Robotnik, also known as Dr. Eggman, depending on which of the games you're playing. They're basically the same character. Now, that kind of international fandom makes Sonic the Hedgehog very ripe for a motion picture release. Maybe it's even overripe, given that there really has not been a committed attempt to capitalize on Sonic's popularity in the nearly 30 years since its breakthrough onto home consoles. MGM had dabbled with the idea in the mid-1990s, but nothing ever really developed into a actual production, though. It never really went anywhere, at least until 2013, when somebody at Sony got the green light to put it together. Sega began to attract young new fans. They released a couple of video game releases back in 2017, Sonic Forces, Sonic Mania, definitely trying to draw in and generate buzz for its 25th anniversary. It also built some new fans, putting some cartoons on television. In 2014, Sonic Boom, the CG animated show for Cartoon Network, was very popular. Other popular channels in international markets also carried Sonic Boom, and it would become Cartoon Network's top-rated show among kids who were aged 9 through 14, and that eventually made its way to Hulu and found yet another crossover audience there. Now, the idea for this film started back in 2014. Producer Neil H. Moritz was attached. He collaborated with Sony Pictures Animation to try to come up with this live-action story that featured Sonic the Hedgehog as a CG animated character. They were going to 
put it on Earth, and Sega's own CG animation company, Marza Animation Planet, was going to collaborate to get the look and the motion of the character just right. Evan Susser and Van Robichaux were originally slated to be the screenwriters, but they were having some struggle with the ideas. Sony wanted them to make their script darker and edgier. They envisioned PG-13 rated film. Their rationale was that Sonic the Hedgehog's fans were all adults now, and they would want something more than this flick that was aimed strictly at kids. They wanted a movie that was as mature as they were. Now, in 2016, Tim Miller, whose Blur Studio had they had collaborated with Sega on a couple of Sonic the Hedgehog games in the past, Tim Miller became an executive producer that was hot on the heels of Deadpool. He had dropped out of doing Deadpool 2, and he pegged his longtime collaborating partner, Jeff Fowler, to develop the concept and potentially directed if they were given the green light. The go-ahead was given in 2017 by Paramount Pictures, not Sony. Paramount had just signed Moritz with a first-look deal after the financially struggling Sony Pictures had let their rights to the franchise lapse. And Paramount ordered a rewrite of the script. They wanted it to be much more family-friendly, and they wanted to get it released for a pre-holiday release date of November of 2019. Now, on the lead-up to the release back in 2019, a little bit earlier in the year, a few months before its release date, fans of the character had a bit of Uncanny Valley uproar. They saw early pictures of Sonic the Hedgehog as it was going to look in this November 2019 release. They complained that... Sonic had beefy legs. He had a shapelier body. It looked like they were trying to make this cartoon character go from cute to a little bit too realistic. Subsequent pictures revealed the look of Sonic's face, drew more derision from online sources. Social media went nuts with it. Fans felt like Sonic's eyes were too small compared to his video game counterpart. And when the trailer dropped, there were even more complaints because his teeth looked more akin to human than any kind of hedgehog. A bad word of mouth began among all of these social media circles that this new version of Sonic the Hedgehog was looking to be hot garbage. Due to the rampant backlash, though, director Jeff Aller, who gets his first live-action feature after a respectable career in animation, he came out on Twitter to officially announce that the film would be delayed three months, and it was going to be released Valentine's Day of 2020 because they wanted to perform design changes to Sonic the Hedgehog's character to make him more palatable to this fan base and this viewing public expecting the iconic look. In addition to the design changes, Sonic's voice ended up getting changed to reflect more of a juvenile than an adult in his qualities. And the new look received much better response when the second trailer came out and the iceberg of rejection was successfully avoided. Although it did beef up the total cost of the film to over $95 million, not counting its $15 million ad blitz that included a prominent commercial played during the Super Bowl. Now, the plot, once you get past the weird backstory of Sonic fleeing his homeworld due to possessing powers that make him a fugitive, carrying a bag full of rings that are actually portals to new dimensions, it's a typical road movie adventure comedy we've seen many times in a variety of different forms in cinema over the years. Sonic ends up teleporting to Earth, specifically this fly-spec town of Green Hills, Montana, Green Hills is a nod to the famous Green Hill Zone from the original game. Sonic ends up encountering the sheriff who's so bored with the town's lack of crime that he's taken to having conversations with his donuts. His name is Tom Wachowski. Sonic dubs him the Donut Lord. He's hoping not to make another day a waste by waiting patiently to nail someone who may be speeding down the road. 
He gets that speeder in Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic clocks in at a speed that makes Tom question his radar gun, in fact, like about 300 miles an hour. Tom dreams of doing some real crime fighting one day. He has a goal to move him and Maddie, his ever-supportive veterinarian wife, to San Francisco to join their more active police department. And it turns out when Sonic loses all of his other rings through this open portal atop the city's Transamerica Pyramid, the city being San Francisco, he'll have to tag along as well. However, when Sonic's energy burst, this EMP ends up causing a massive power outage to the entire Pacific Northwest region of the United States. The government suspects there is more at play, maybe even an alien source. They send in their secret weapon, Dr. Robotnik, played by, of course, Jim Carrey. Robotnik's a mad, megalomaniacal genius with this army of sophisticated flying drones who tenaciously try to find a way to exterminate the blue alien thing once and for all. Robotnik chases Tom and his new companion Sonic out on the open roads. Sonic luckily happens to know plenty of English and a lot of pop culture references besides as they make their way to California. As far as what happens after that, I guess you can probably guess, but I won't spoil it if you really don't want to know. Sonic the Hedgehog is graced with a likable ensemble of actors. James Marsden here is Tom Wachowski, beating out a whole host of others that they had been in consideration. Now, many other people were also given a look, or maybe you could say a listen for the role of Sonic the Hedgehog, at least the voice anyway. Parks and Recreation actor Ben Schwartz got the nod. He provides his snarky personality and playful banter to Sonic, and very welcome. It actually works out pretty well. Jim Carrey, he chose to do the film because his daughter Jane was a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan as a kid. He sinks his comedic teeth into this villain role to portray Dr. Evo Robotnik. He improvised a lot of his lines that he was given in the script and makes this one of the rarer modern-day comedies that make actually good use of Jim Carrey's talent for wacky, off-the-wall characterizations. It is probably his most appealing I've seen in some time in a comedy. Two side characters that also steal some laughs from them are Maddie's Batinsky sister, Rachel, who's persistently trying to break up Maddie and Tom, at least to some funny moments there, and Tom's partner at the police station, Billy Robb, played by Adam Pally. He actually was one of the runners-up for the Tom role. He says the dumbest things, but a lot of those dumb things are very funny. Now, Sonic is so fast that when he's in action, we only see a whir and a kicking up of flying papers in his wake, kind of like the Roadrunner in that way. Sometimes we see him at normal speed while the rest of the world is in super slow-mo. It's kind of like Quicksilver from the X-Men films, and those slow-mo scenes are pretty fun to watch. Sonic sets up a lot of calamity in those scenes. There's this barroom brawl scene where his fast-action ends up squashing a melee in the blink of an eye, but he ends up in those moments setting everything all in his favor, kind of like uh, setting up dominoes for the big fall. Adults may find a lot of what you see in Sonic the Hedgehog to be a bit familiar. Many other films featured an other, an alien or what have you, with special gifts who came from outer space or some sort of fantasy realm, but this is a movie that's primarily aiming for an all-ages set, maybe even skewing a little bit younger. Nevertheless, I think some have made comparisons between Sonic the Hedgehog and the road trip movies that were very common in Sonic's heyday of the 1990s. That may be a deliberate choice there, because there is a lot of nostalgia for the 1990s. Not only the road trip plot, but Sonic the Hedgehog himself and Jim Carrey 
at the top of his game yet again. If you're nostalgic for the 90s, I think you'll be smiling throughout. Now, along those lines, I think kids are definitely going to find a lot to like and laugh at within the film to keep them entertained. There are just enough pop culture references to older movies and TV shows that their parents will probably understand, maybe even appreciate to get them through those formula antics that might seem a little overly familiar. I wouldn't say this is a great film, but at the same time, it's not really striving for greatness. It's striving to be a fun and humorous enough time to entertain audiences throughout. If that's what you're looking for, just a few smiles, a few guffaws, and a good time, especially if you're nostalgic for the character of Sonic the Hedgehog, I do think that Sonic has enough juice to keep pace with the rest at the Cineplex. So three stars is what I'm giving Sonic the Hedgehog. Three stars out of four means that it's a film that I would recommend if you like this kind of movie, if you're a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, or if you like these kind of innocuous, all-ages family films and don't really want a lot of high overhead with a lot of drama or things that you have to think about above and beyond what's on the screen at any given time, it's a breezy watch, and I enjoyed watching it. I used to play Sonic the Hedgehog back in the Sega Genesis days, so I do have at least that familiarity with it, and I ended up liking it in the end. So three stars out of four is what I give Sonic the Hedgehog. If you have your own thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog that you want to impart, you can reach out to me. You can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you, you know, I'll talk about 90s nostalgia. If you're nostalgic for the films of the 1980s, I would encourage you to check out my other podcast called Around the World in 80s Movies. And you can find the link to that at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. You can also find links to my Twitter feed, Facebook page, Instagram. All of those are adequate ways to get in touch with me. And until next time, thanks so much for listening. And please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. Music.